This is Things That Really Matter, a podcast by Global Multidisciplinary Engineers Kundal that is dedicated to creating new and innovative solutions for the built environment and driving the agenda towards a more sustainable future. Join us as we discuss the challenges and changes that affect the built environment around the world with the brightest minds in our industry. Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Things That Really Matter Cundle podcast series. I'm Rick Navarro, APAC Head of Clients and Marketing, and today I have the absolute pleasure of spending some time in our Sydney office with Charlie Hales, the APAC Managing Director of Waterstones. Charlie started with Waterstones, a global cyber and IT consultancy in the UK in 2013, is today leading the business within the APAC region. Charlie has been in the technology industry for over 20 years. Charlie, a big welcome to the things that really matter. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me. We're going to dive straight in. Waterstones is known for providing a range of IT and cyber support solutions, including cloud technology, managed services, data analytics, and so forth. But we're here today to discuss the growing importance of cybersecurity. We might start, Charlie, by you providing our listeners with a quick understanding on defining cybersecurity and why it matters to all of us in today's connected world. Yeah, thanks, Rick. So uh, cyber, it isn't just about te- the technology. It's about how company realizes what they have, what their essential assets are, and how they protect them. So it's the people, the process, and the technology, because a lot of people think it's just, you know, install this really high-tech system and everything's going to be fine. But as I say, it's also looking at what's critical to your business. You know, in a manufacturing organisation, it's the production line. It's very different to, you know, a university or a building that we're going to talk about today. And that's more probably around their data and how things work and how everything uh, hooks together and how that's accessed. Excellent. A really good summary. So actually, and for full transparency, experts from Cundall and Waterstones, yourself included, have recently published a white paper, How Safe Is Your Building? A Guide to Understanding and Managing Technology or Cyber Risks to Buildings. This is the first such guide that looks in detail at the real life considerations of connected buildings, which today represent most of our commercial buildings. So the suggestion that struck me, Charlie, is that buildings can actually get hacked. Well, if that's true, what are you seeing as the main considerations that property owners or asset managers need to consider? It's very true, Rick, especially as buildings continue to get smarter, you know, as they connect them more and more to the internet, you know, People using these buildings and people buying these buildings are expecting more these days. They're wanting things to be connected. They're wanting remote access to information. They're wanting automation and everything around that. And when you think about how you need or people want remote access to the, for example, the building manager to their building management system or someone access to the security cameras from somewhere, that means they're available on the internet and then hence vulnerable for hackers to find them. And if they're not kept up to date, they're not protected, or people don't know how to access them securely, then they're vulnerable to attacks. That can then let them into the networks and let them access vulnerable data. All buildings these days, you know, they're trying to get smarter. There's the green agenda. They want to make sure they're managing things, automatically changing things within the building. That's where it can become very important to make sure things are protected. So it seems to me from what you're saying that essentially the smarter buildings become with technology, etc. it enables that sort of almost backdoor access for a lot of people who might be wanting to do such attacks. It does. I mean, 
Hackers these days, I mean, you get your varying different types. You'll get hackers that are, you know, specifically targeting a company and they'll go, right, that company, I'm going to look and find some way in. And, but also you get the opportunity hackers, we call them. They'll literally scan the internet to find something that's available externally and then say, oh, well, that's vulnerable. Who's this company? Oh, I could probably take some money off them because I can actually access it. And it's those opportunist hackers that are, are getting companies that maybe think they're not targets at the moment, but hackers find these things and then think, right, great, I've got an opportunity here. I can take this company for, you know, Bitcoin as they go for these days. <laughs> and what's really interesting is when we think of these modern smart buildings, we think of new buildings. But according to the World Green Building Council, 80% of the buildings that will be in existence by 2050 are already built. So with this in mind, there's obviously a concerted effort amongst property owners to uplift the overall standards, the sustainability performance and the technology within these existing building stocks. So how does cybersecurity work in with these older buildings? Yeah, people think it's going to be more of a challenge with older buildings, but they're adding the technology to make them greener, to make them smarter. So as long as you build cybersecurity in at that point in time and then retrofit it after you're adding the technology, then it's easy. It's quite straightforward to do. As smart systems are getting installed and designed where they need to be, it's building the cyber around it. And again, but the cyber isn't just the technology. So yes, it's protecting, updating the technology you're putting in, but those users that you're training to access them, um, it's teaching them the cybersecurity practices as well around that and what's the right thing to do, building the right processes around, you know, accessing a system, how that data is reported and everything like that too. Yep, and hold that thought because we're going to cover that in a moment. But <laughs> <Sorry>. um, <laughs> no, all good. We often do think though of cyber attacks, at least I do, of some sort of distant technological terror akin to some sort of sci-fi movie um, and far out of our own reach. But one of the chapters in the white paper is titled How to Turn Human Risks into Human Shields. So walk us through the human element of cybersecurity and the part that I suppose each and every one of us can play in keeping our buildings safe. Absolutely. So this is a cliche, but you're only as strong as your weakest link. As I sort of said earlier, technology is great. It's part of the puzzle. You can have the best technology in place in the world. But as soon as a user is you know, targeted and they click that link and the email have been sent, it's giving someone access to the systems. It's giving them the credentials. So training around your people is extremely important. It's around best practices, what they should do how to use systems, it's doing your phishing simulations, which is you know, pretended hacking or pretended email simulations for those that aren't aware of that. And it's making sure that they aren't afraid as well if they get things wrong. So you can, again, you can do the training, teach them what to do, but if you do it in the wrong way, people then think, oh my God, I've clicked this link. This is absolutely something I shouldn't do and they try and hide it, where actually it's much better to teach them to say, I have done this, I've made a mistake, how do we stop it? Because the quicker you know about it as well, the better you can protect yourselves. So it's all about education at the end of the day and making sure the processes are in place so they know how to do these things properly as well. Put my hand up, Your Honour, guilty of that one myself. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive into cybersecurity trends and predictions for the building sector. What are you seeing as being the top three trends either impacting or coming out of action from the building sector itself in relation to red flag vulnerabilities? 
Yeah, well, there's quite a few things you could say here, and I suppose I'll pick a few that sort of fall in all the intelligent building control that's coming in at the moment. There's so many things you could put under that, how they do the, the safety within the buildings, and I don't mean your cyber. Everyone with buildings will know what I'm meaning by that, you know, how you access things and stuff like that. But the other thing around that is it, when you're making all this building control smarter is automating all of it, building in some AI around that. That's a big risk and something that's up and coming and, and in a lot of new buildings at the moment. But as you're automating everything, people think it's great. We've saved some time doing that. But again, if you automate it and don't have the cybersecurity around it, that actually can make things easier for hackers to get in because there's no human element there seeing what's happening. But also, as environmental controls are so important these days, as people building these buildings and retrofitting these buildings to install things that, for example, automatically open your windows, automatically record your data for reporting as well. If you think about it, that can be easily manipulated and then people held to ransom. So there's quite a few things there that people need to think about. And it's actually what people are requesting these days. They're expecting this to come in buildings. So as clients and new owners demand more and more, it's just getting different all the time. Who knew there was so much power behind those ones and zeros? <laughs> Charlie, is there a certification process either here in APAC or elsewhere that you're aware of for rating the threat landscape and red flag vulnerabilities of buildings? Or is this more of an opportunity for leading consultants like Waterstones and Cundall to work with owners to audit, assess and recommend? So. There aren't any official certifications that I'm aware of from a cybersecurity point of view. There are things, for example, in Australia, like the ACSC um, Essential 8, that we see on tenders these days that people are expected to abide by, which is just good cyber practices, but they don't officially certify them. There are good practices, for example, in the UK, which you'll hear I'm from, around cyber essentials, which is similar, but there is an official certification for that process. You know, you get a stamp, you get a badge, and then there's even a next level cyber essentials plus. So something like that's really good. There are other things um, in America, and the other thing that's quite big across Europe is GDPR, being GDPR compliant. While that's not necessarily a cybersecurity badge, it's more around protecting your data. It's good practices that I think the government here, for example, are looking at at the moment. There are other things you can look at, like ISO 27001, not necessarily only a cyber badge and going to protect in this instance, but again, it's good practices. So I definitely recommend one of the things a company looks at is working with a good partner, someone who's going to really understand your business, understand your sector and industry, and also understand the cybersecurity to partner with your organisation to find out what's going to be best for you. But the other thing to mention that's recent news is, um, I'm assuming people would be aware of it, that there's been legislation released recently around critical assets so there are new guidelines and things that, for example, water companies and certain types of infrastructure need to adhere to from a cybersecurity perspective. Um, and Claire O'Neill says there's more coming, so watch this space. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. So, and, and I suppose it's unpacking and defining what those critical assets and facilities are. But yes. I suppose that you know the more commonplace ones come to mind, as you say, is utilities and perhaps hospitals and yes. healthcare, etc. So, absolutely. Interesting, indeed. So. Before we wrap up, Charlie, I want you to take out that crystal ball that you brought with you, hover your hands <laughs> over it, and tell us what you see as some of the emerging next generation threats and opportunities that are on the horizon for the built environment. 
So I've got two. I've got one that I'd say is more next gen, but the other one I'd say is, and this is one that's around, but not as much in this industry at the moment, but it's the ransomware. It's buildings being, you know, ransom attacked when their data's been accessed, encrypted or exfiltrated and being held to account. There's been a bit in this sector, but not as much. You see it much more in other sectors, but as everyone's aware in Australia, it's rising at the moment. But the big thing in particular for this sector, I'd say, it's the AI attacks. And what I mean by that is as AI and automation's built into buildings, and I don't mean you crazy clever robots, AI's whole other conversation about other things, it's you automation of products and, and building in the smart intelligence for it. It's attackers using that to then exfiltrate information without people being aware. But also, there's so much AI available for, to cyber attackers at the minute. Someone who isn't an experienced hacker can go on the web and find tools that will do these attacks for them as well. So that being built in and being available these days, as well as more AI being built into buildings, it's really making sure that AI is well protected and it isn't totally left to its own devices, if that makes sense. Yep. There's some human element in that to spot if it's doing something it shouldn't, shall we say. And it's interesting, I think we could spend a whole nother session talking about <laughs> chat GPT and what that, the implications yes. of that are. But I think you've covered some excellent topics indeed. And I think the guide that has been co-published by Watersons and Cundall will be a significant tool that a lot of asset owners can use in, uh, I suppose, realising the threats, but also unlocking the opportunities to improve the performance. So, Absolutely. Charlie, thank you indeed. It's been thank an you. absolute pleasure catching up with you. And just a reminder to our audience that you can access this and all other Cundall podcasts on our website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks for listening and until next time, remember to embrace life. This is a podcast by Cundall. We're a carbon neutral business committed to achieving zero carbon design on all our projects by 2030. To work with us and help us achieve our goals, visit cundall.com.